delicate flower you are such a little delicate flower and that matt i think is a perfect way to start this first episode of series two of three is the magic number hello everyone my name is renfrey deadman i'm your co-host alongside my fuzzy face friend mr matthew hughes i will be able to say that properly once sure at some point point it will just roll off the tongue blah 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 fuzzy faced friend how you doing you've just cut yourself i have don't know on what I've literally what. been sitting down doing nothing but no I'm I'm very good thank you very much Renfrey I have just been informed by my youngest child's nursery that there are uh, shingles are doing the rounds at the nursery so Ooh. that could be a little gift just before we go on holiday have you had shingles before I don't know I mean I've probably I mean I'm so old I probably had like everything diphtheria I- who knows <laughs> who knows uh, um, I have had shingles um, I had shingles in the last week of uh, secondary school or high school, if you. It American. sounds so jolly. It sounds so like it's not. You know, <laughs> you know. Oh, what are you doing this weekend? I'm gonna get me some shingles. Yay! <laughs> Doesn't it? It just sounds yeah. really sort of dainty, a little happy. I, ha- I mean, oh, this might have to come with a trigger warning uh, for people who just don't like, I don't know, gross stuff. But, I think um, it's shingles. <laughs> There's people out there that really get sensitive to the word shingles. I had. I mean, maybe skip skip a minute if you're a bit queasy. I had gigantic pussy welts growing on my hand. There was one which actually well, well, overtook the word my you're whole saying. You, the word you're saying is welt or welk. You have welks like like on no, the, like uh, a sea like uh, a sea barnacle. T T W L T like welt. That's what I mean. Sure. Isn't that what I mean? Just pussy nodules, which were absolutely. I mean nodules. Just say spot. Uh, well, yeah, Pussy fine. Spot. Well, okay, it was, but but it wasn't really a spot because I mean it wasn't. It wasn't the the the, the liquid inside was clear, right. which is a good thing because it's less. I mean, it's still fucking stank. Clear, clear, nothing to fear. <laughs> yellow, yellow. Oh, that's not mellow. Yeah, I think that's that's what that's the rhyme. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, um, I'm, I bet Ian's going to be absolutely thrilled that this is the introduction to his podcast because today mm. we are having a chat. Not today. We did this about five months ago. We are having a chat with Mr. Ian Winwood, Kerrang and Telegraph journalist, music journalist. Uh, what I one one of the people I admire the most in terms of his like the, his work. Um, certainly, when I got into writing and all that stuff um ian's work was stuff that i really really always was drawn to mm. when reading copies of kerrang as a teenager did a lot of stuff on green day in particular which was just fantastic he's also the author of bodies which it's going to sound this season is going to sound like we're sponsored by this book but it really has just come up naturally over and over again i think we both read it whilst recording many of the episodes of this season and we were both yeah absolutely obsessed with it and it is an absolutely phenomenal book and i genuinely any of you who have any interest in the music industry whatsoever whatsoever should absolutely read it it's absolutely incredible matthew that's it. That's the end of your advert, Ian. We're not gonna, not gonna praise your book anymore because we've done it way too many times. It was, you know, and, yeah, it you does know, come up. You've sold so many copies. We we need to start actually charging you. But yes, Ian, 
Uh, Ian's um, a journalist I've known for a very long time as a press yeah. officer. We've we've often sort of been in the same sort of working spheres, and yeah, it's um, it was it's a really great chat. And uh, you want to tell everyone what Absolutely, we spoke about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian chose his top three places in Camden. Mm. Very important that we say that in this intro because I don't actually think we mention it in the chat. Ian no. was so excited to get going mm. and starting, which was great. Like a um, little little wind-up Barnsley clock. <laughs> he was just, oh, Camden! I, you know, you can tell he's a writer. He has some fantastic phrases. I edited this quite recently, and it's um, it really is a lovely chat. But he's very, very easy to listen to. It's similar. He's northern tones, I think. Uh, uh, not to fetishise an accent, but there you go. I just have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Barnsley accent. It's the first time I've heard the Barnsley accent and fetish in the same I sentence. Re- I really like it. Yeah, I like it too. I'm not. I'm not yeah. saying I don't like it. This is not a cuss of the 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 accent. Well done, Ian. It's a lovely accent. Um. So before I embarrass myself anymore, shall we get into the chat then? What do you think? Yes, I think so. I do also want to say that this was our first ever uh, Three is the Magic Number that we recorded face-to-face Ooh. with a guest as well. And that Ian, very, Ian and his um, lovely wife kindly allowed us to invade their, um, their flat in, in, Camden. in Camden. So we were in Camden whilst <laughs> talking about Camden with a man uh, in love with Camden. And it was, uh, I think that all comes through quite clearly in the, <laughs> it's very, in the very chat. Clear. It's very, yeah. very clear. Okay, without any further ado, here is Ian Winwood on his top three play. Places in Camden. We are currently. Oh, I've in... thought of one. I've thought of a, of a recommendation. Oh, yeah? I think I've. <laughs> <laughs> we are currently probably in the most appropriate place we possibly could be to record this podcast. Yeah. Myself. Mr. Matthew Hughes hello. and our guest, Mr. Ian Winwood. Hello, hello, fellas. Hi. Hello, listeners. We are sat in a residence, Mr. Winwood's residence, I must say, in Camden Town, uh, which is very, very applicable to your choices, isn't it, Mr. Mr. Winwood? Yeah, well, yeah, once. It's weird calling you Mr. Winwood. Well, you can call me Ian. It's fine. We'll stick with Ian. We'll oh, stick with his name. Oh, Lord yeah. Ian. Whichever, whichever works sure. best for everyone. Sure. Uh, yeah, it, it is. I, we were talking about this just before we came on air. I was I was emailed the instructions for what what this podcast entails, mm. and I'm I'm misunderstood, not once but twice, quite spectacular. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty magical. I, and it actually took the intervention of my wife because we were having dinner at a restaurant nearby, and I said, look, I've I've kept these guys waiting for ages. Can you can you help me out with this podcast? Because I thought I had to think of six groups of three things. So my three favorite football grounds plus my three favorite something else, my three favorite yeah. horror movies, so, and it was like, how, yeah. how, how, it's going to take forever. In, to in, in an effort to make podcast, it as as yeah. as clear as possible to people, we've given people past examples on the show. Yeah, but so. you did you did you did that, and I still got it wrong. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, this is something which listeners don't need to know, but. We have had this quite a lot, so I think there's something ah, wrong with the wording of our. I didn't email, think it was I don't my know fault. What it is. I didn't think it was my fault. No, no. So my my wife glanced at the email on the phone at Good Fair Restaurant, which is a really nice Italian restaurant, cheap as um, cheap as Fusilli on the, on Parkway, and she just glanced at the phone and went, "It's three, just just three things you've got to pick," and then literally and, just and, looked and, at it for a second. Yeah. 
three, Ian. May it's have just, sworn, it's may, just three. May have sworn under her breath, <laughs> handed the phone back, and within two beats of my heart, I figured out what I was going to do. Yeah, an email you sent yeah. was like a light bulb moment email. It's like, get it now. Right. This yeah. is it. Yeah, right. It was great. It was great. But whilst we've been sitting here um, setting up, practically everything we've been talking about is Camden. And um, how you came to be here and how you love this place. A mm. lot of things about Camden naturally have come up. So Camden is, I mean, you are you are a music journalist. So of course, Camden is important to you. But it's, it seems so intrinsically, you just said to us prior to this that you wouldn't go uh, too, fast past the, too far past the Camden Road uh, bridge, the, yeah. the, the rail, rail bridge. You know, you wouldn't want to go further past that. So it's obviously a very important locale to you. Yeah, it it is. It's strange. So I've lived in Camden now for for about fifteen and a half years, and um, I don't know if you saw the, the the Rishi Sunak in his first Prime Minister's questions was droning on about North London and North London representing a certain kind of person. The liberal I suppose, elite. I suppose it's the metropolitan yeah. liberal elite. Sure. Interestingly, you used to be an anti, and sometimes still is, an anti-Semitic dog whistle saying, oh, North London elite. So I'm, you know, that's one thing. But it's, I'm aware saying this, that it's very, this is a very London-centric, not just London-centric, Camden-centric submission to your 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 podcast series but camden's world famous i've been yeah. to places recently that are trying to take on uh uh the air and the where was where was i i was in a it was i was in a tourist tat shop in barcelona which was called i think it was called camden town or something ridiculous like that i mean many, many have tried all have failed yeah you yeah, know yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it is it is interesting so yes so when my 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 wife and I got together. Obviously, she wasn't my wife. On our, on our on our second date, she is now. We should stay. We we, did, we discussed what because it was obviously it seemed obvious that it was going particularly well. And um, on our a second date, we discussed things that were important to us. And I said, "I'm not leaving Camden. I'm just not. I'll I'll lay down on the floor and go limp." So and this was date two. Date two. Right, yeah. Okay. And. Um, and obviously, day two, she's like, oh, yeah, that, that, that sounds fine. And as it so happens, just last week, we actually bought the flat that we're sitting yeah. in. Yeah, I was saying uh, so. And where we had this conversation, wow. which, to which I refer. Um, so I was, uh, 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 and I was completely immovable, even by the standards of a, of a, of a, self-centered only child i was completely immovable with your arms folded i will not i am not not moving moving. i just i just i would just not respond to so i mean gosh she she might well listen she probably will listen to this she was lovely about it but i think perhaps she could have easily been persuaded she was perhaps hoping that i could be persuaded to move two miles further away <laughs> two tube stops uh, and, and it was like no yeah. I'm, i i might it, that might as well be penzance or <laughs> or great yarmouth or krakow for, as far as i'm concerned all and great what, places and, and, 
it, 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 so emphatic it was. But just I, not Camden. So, just so, not Camden. so, so emphatic not Camden. was that. Good. We haven't even left where we had that conversation. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So 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 I've picked Camden as, yeah. my, as my three things. So so why? What like I mean I mean you, we could get that's probably going to be this entire conversation going through the three picks. But as a as a broad intro. Why? Cameron? Well, when when I first moved here, I used to live in a little studio flat in Islington, which for, I, I am aware that not everyone is aware, familiar with the ge- geography of North London. So Islington is what? But well, my, not, but one not stop far. down, it's, two yeah, stops down on, the, on the, a, two stops on yeah. the overground, yeah. uh, and um, and uh, and a nice walk actually, mm, lovely, and yeah. um, and I had a lovely little studio flat, but it was only a studio flat, mm. and it was in a street with sort of four and five story houses and I had a little flat down the stairs of one of them and my neighbors next door who I became friendly with they then moved to New York uh, and they they owned this flat until last week they owned this flat and, wow. they, and they had a tenant that wasn't paying the rent and they said what could I afford to pay and I said well I can probably easily afford to pay you know, a pound. So I'm, you're already, <laughs> you're already winning. Uh, and um, and it was it's. Uh, I mentioned this because as I was preparing to move from Islington to Camden, I'd come to look at the flat, and it's a it's a one bedroom flat with a with a, a, a garden, uh, in in central kind of quiet a quiet street in the center of Camden, and I used to think. Oh, what a shame that it's, this is a lovely flat, but what what a shame it's in Camden. I, I mean, just I can't access the person that actually thought that. And I moved in, and on the this swear my lips to God's ears. On the week that I moved in, I had a I had a walk around the neighbourhood, and this would be two thousand and seven. There used to be a, a weekend music festival here called the Camden Crawl, mm-hmm. where all of the many venues were booked sort of day to night on the Saturday and the Sunday by, you know, bands big and small, really popular and, and obscure. And to herald the start of that year's Camden Crawl, unbeknownst to me, I was just walking around and they had a, an open top bus parked at the bottom of Inverness Street, which is right on the high street, opposite the electric ballroom for anyone that, that, that is familiar with the area at uh-huh. all upon which madness were playing and people were just dancing in the street and i just thought well this is clearly amazing i'm home i'm I'm, I'm home yeah and and i've been i've been here ever since and i don't want to betray your age too much or anything along those lines but roughly when was this this was this was 2007 and they were pay and they were playing and they were playing nightboat to cairo (laughs) as i walked by and i just saw well, you just, this just seems such a unique thing. I mean, they're a local band anyway. Yeah, yeah. Sort of up, sort of turnpike, uh, sorry, uh, Swiss Cottage, not Swiss Cottage, what am I, Ch- uh, Chalk Farm mm. sort of way, an archway a little bit. But, you know, they're from the London Borough of Camden. And I just thought, well, this is clearly fantastic. And, and, and the choices that I've chosen, actually, now that I think about it, kind of represent how Camden opened up to me once I had lived here. Because all that I sort of associated it with was, because I'd come down at weekends or gone to see bands, and it's just, 
care anyone that lives in Camden knows you just don't go to the market on Saturday or Sunday because sure. yeah. you know it's the fourth most visited tourist attraction in the city yeah you know it's like going to Alton Towers or Thorpe yeah. Park on the first day of the school holidays yeah. you just yeah. you just yeah. pick your moments so yeah living here completely changed my and very quickly changed my perception of my of my new neighborhood nice and I guess of London right I guess you know you lived in Islington you moved down here Camden became your home, which it still is. Mm. And now you, you know, you own a, like I said before, you own a piece of it now. This is, this is, you know, a bit of Winwood will always be here. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, did that change your, did you have a, a certain view of London as a whole at that point as well? Like, you know, you're from the North. Mm. Uh, you know, did you have a certain viewpoint about London in 2007? Or well, were you kind of... That's a good question. It's a difficult question to answer. I live with a... I, I, I feel that I am, I, not feel, I am so closely aligned to London mm. as, as part of what makes me happy and who I am to the point that I'd be quite happy never to leave it, mm. to be honest with you. That would be completely fine with me. Now, I've lived here for, for on New Year's Day, I will have lived in London for 31 years. So I lived here, I moved down here when I was, 20 years old I might even have been 19 actually when I moved down I don't know at what point that state of mind began to take hold mm. I don't know if in 1994 when I lived sort of out in the burbs a little bit mm. but in London mm. uh, whether I kind of had this sense of panic that someone might make me leave the city <laughs> or whether I was just, oh, I was just living in London. I was quite carefree about it. It's now an enormous part of who I am. And I'm sure that that was the case when I moved to Camden. Yeah. Um, although I've lived in Camden now for the half of the time that I've lived in London, but it's only getting stronger. There's, you know, things that are causing sensible people to leave the city. I just, I love the, inconvenience of it and the chaos of it and the noise of it and the expense of it yeah. i just find it all so very exciting yeah you know yeah that's awesome that you, yeah. you still find it exciting though right? yeah increasingly so i just think it's great you know i mean i was just saying to you before we started recording that over the summer i went to see elvis costello on mm. the on a thursday night I went to see Green Day on the Friday night. I went to see The Stones on the Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And then on the Sunday night, which I don't even really think is worthy of, of mention, but then on the Sunday night, I reviewed The Eagles. That's how I happened <laughs> on consecutive nights. And, and I, you know, it, I walked home from two of those concerts, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, half an hour on, on public transport to get home from the other two. Yeah. And it's it's yeah, just, and it's, I'll, you know, that, that, that these are, that's better than schools and, yeah. you know, healthcare outcomes. I mean, for <laughs> yeah. God's sake. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean like, yeah, London, it's bloody good, isn't it? Like, it, is, it is. I mean, it's a hell of a town. As, as three people are not from London, but have kind of yeah, yeah. made it a home, it. like, yeah, it's pretty yeah, yeah. amazing. And I, do, and I do think of it like, um, I've come to think of it, like if you live in New York, you're a New Yorker. That's mm. just, and, and I'm a Londoner. Yeah. You know, yeah. even though I'm not from London. And, and anyone that lives in London is a Londoner too, mm. you know? Yeah. I'm not a native Londoner, but I'm a Londoner. Yeah. yeah. So it, it almost becomes a little, like, you know, when someone asks you the question, where are you from? If someone asks me that, I always say, well, I'm 
I'm from Manchester, but I'm from I'm London. Right. Like mm. it's almost like an added thing. Yeah. Like it's you know. I think that I think the key is when people say to you, "Are you going home for Christmas?" And I to which I don't just say, but I always think, "I I, I am yeah. home. Mm. I, yeah, I, yeah. I might yeah, yeah, go yeah. and see my mum for in Barnsley, which is where I'm originally from. Mum, I'm not coming to see you <laughs> at Christmas. <laughs> this is listening. not an admission. Just, just, so this is not a, this does not count as a verbal contract. <laughs> but it's like Barnsley's my hometown, but I don't think of it as yeah. home. London is my home. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I'll fight. Anyone that says it's not. <laughs> Tooth and nail. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we get into violence, I think maybe we should uh, placate you with the first of your three choices, then, y- maybe. Yeah, I think I think we'll go for a... For a I think we'll go for a pub. First. Yeah, love a pub. Lovely. Love a pub. Uh, and um, there's a pub. I, I could not find the stopwatch on my phone, but I was going to time how long it took me to walk from my front door to the pub we could I, do it live i, I would i, I would i you. would imagine it's about three minutes three or four minutes yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and the pub is called quinn's and it's on the kentish town road just the other side of the canal the kentish town side of the canal mm. and when i first moved to london certainly in the 90s it was the only pub in the neighbourhood. I didn't live, I lived way north London then in, in Palmer's Green, which if anyone knows is way up the top of the Piccadilly line, <laughs> north of the of the, of the the North Circuit. Yeah, zone three or four. Oh, like, at least. Yeah. Zone four, certainly. Yeah, Camden Bruins. And um, so I used to go out in Camden and then get the 29 night bus home, mm. which then used to run all the way up to Enfield. It doesn't, it, do, it doesn't. We used to, we used to the, call it the Well, the crazy bus. train, I believe, <laughs> is, it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is its true nickname. Terrifying bus, that. And, mm. um, and Quinn's was the only pub, certainly that I knew of, and it, so it would seem anyone knew of, that would stay up until sort of two or three in the morning. So legitimately, it wouldn't yeah. be a lock-in. So what would happen is that people would begin to gather in Quinns from about 10.30 on to the point where sort of by 11 o'clock it would be like being at a festival. It Mm. would be like, you know, shoulder to shoulder tied and and you could smoke in pubs back then so it was like this pea super of people and cigarette smoke and, 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 and Camden and um and so in that sense it, it it was quite practically important it's still exactly the same I, I, it, the last few times i've been in there which is which are uh, quite recently i pop in quite often um for a, I, I am my father's son but you know for a, for a, for an hour and a read mm. and um there's been enough people in there to justify its opening but it those days are gone now where you can always get a table on, yeah. on, on a on a on a Friday night or any time and it's always open till two or three o'clock. If you you know, if you go in past midnight, it will be open on a Monday night. <laughs> it, its appeal is quite specific, and I'll give you an example. What we as as discussed, my wife and I bought this flat that we're sitting in hmm. before um last week but before that we were looking at properties and flats around camden and we were being driven around 
by a young estate agent from uh, I forget the name of it, the, the famous one. Anyway, there's a branch at the top of yes, part the, the one with all the young people, and they have, yeah. it looks like a bar inside. That's the one. Yeah, uh, it was oh, Foxton. Foxton's. Foxton's. Yes. Foxton's. And uh, she was she was I mean she was new to London. She was she was from the West Country. She was about twenty two or twenty three. India. She was perfectly lovely, driving us around, and we drove past Quinn's. Quinn's on our left, and I, for some reason, I I, I told her that's a pub. That's the and and she honestly, having driven past it numerous times, she she just thought it was a condemned building. <laughs> that's what it, it looks like from the outside. I mean, the color doesn't help it. In it, that it it's a, it's actually quite lovely not lovely pitching it a bit high it's quite welcoming and, and pleasing on the inside but from the outside it looks like a condemned building see i mean you say that about the inside so there's i have a review here from from some london pub review website and they say it's lovely pub and it had you know refurbished in 2007 apparently but the downside is it says this is probably the tackiest pub you will ever go into as, as there is no apparent consistent element of decoration the sofas are bright red velvet that's and they changed. seem to have picked the worst music published in the 1980s to play that's nonsense Shocking. that's nonsense. A, a they've changed <laughs> the, the seats are now blue because the red ones got slashed too much with knives okay so that's yeah. not true yeah. secondly they play sort of uh, Elvis Costello and Squeeze and Kirsty McCall and the Pugs. That's, I mean, come on. Okay. What, what, yeah. That sounds fine by that me. That's the cream good. of the 80s for, as opposed to the bottom of the barrel. For a pub, the beer's not very good. You know, I've, I've started ring-fenced drinking a little bit with the, with the support of my wife. What would you order if you went in? Uh, well, if we the, went now? Infuriatingly... It's they've got a John Smith's tap. Okay. I've not left all of my northern roots behind. <laughs> and they've not had John Smith's for a decade, I would say. <laughs> but yet the tap's still there. Right. I hope they're not I hope they don't listen to this and think, oh, I'm we're just gonna bar him. Well, he's talking he's Well talking, maybe they'll be like shit, we do need we to need get to in get... some John Smith's and not just put it as Cronenberg. Uh, so the Guinness the Guinness is is, is good, I suppose. It's a, it's an Irish style bar, but they don't they don't it's they don't lay it on thick. Okay. And and just interestingly, I suppose it, before we move on from it, I suppose this is actually quite serious, but I think of it very fondly. It was the pub in which my father had his last ever pint. Wow. And my father had pubs in if I were to estimate about 17,000 pubs over the course of his life wow. and that was the final was the one and ones. I find it I he died in Camden it's in it's the story is in my book but I find I find it quite lovely that that happened because he really liked Quinn's and yeah. it sort of made it slightly more special for me it's an underdog pub and I like underdog places yeah yeah I, yeah, I mean we will obviously be talking about your book in our intro that we will record uh, another happy. time. I'm not doing this for the good of my health, <laughs> no, no, you know. No, let's, but, let's do but, the book uh, talk but, now. Uh, but, but, I, but I will say, I mean, that there's there's the moment in the book. I think it's like a third of the way through, maybe it's, close to that. It's close a fifth chapter. The, I'm trying to keep yeah. the, the detail secret. Mm. Sorry, that's yes. The okay. one, that's the one secret in the book. Yeah, 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 for sure. I know. It was, it's track five. And yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I... I listened to, so I read it and then I listened to the audiobook to get full Winwood, full, full, full flavor Winwood. And yeah, I mean, I, I did, I did bawl my eyes out a little bit. Oh man. When I, when I 
you know. You softies. I know, I know. Kids just make you so soft. <laughs> I, I, Such I, a softie. I was reading on the tube and I cried on the tube. Oh my so god! In, in front of uh, Londoners who did absolutely nothing to comfort me whatsoever. Oh no, no, uh, no. Yeah, my wife Katie was very confused because it was just at the kitchen table and the kids were just like dressed up as princesses and I was crying at the kitchen table, <laughs> drinking a coffee, and she was asking, "What are you? What's going on? Uh, are you not taking the kids swimming?" I'm like, they can they can swim here in the kitchen in a minute." Yeah. But yes, um, yeah, I'm sure we will have done all this in the intro. But That's all good. Absolutely. And actually, do you, book, do you know yeah. what? Even after kind of six months of publication, I'm still pretty rubbish at talking about it. <laughs> People ask me what it's about and four hours later, I'm still trying to figure it out. Does it so. give you empathy for musicians who find it difficult to articulate answers to some of the questions, some of your very, you know, insightful questions not... about, you know, music or, or finding that, thing that the record or song or the band what they're about does it give you some kind of empathetic feelings i don't know if it does that only because i haven't considered it interestingly now that i've been in because i'm quite famous these days matt my <laughs> wife's told me that i can't make sure. i can't i can't yeah. make those jokes sure. because people can't see my face right. Right. now that i'm almost famous in a music journalist kind of way i've been i've been it, it's been lovely to that people have wanted to to ask me questions yeah. and interview me. And given that I've spent kind of essentially with only a very short break in, at, at the end of the 90s when I worked in a bookshop, um, 30 years asking people questions. I must have interviewed, it's got to be closer to 1,500 artists and bands. Mm. What, as, as soon as the tables are turned, I am not at all wise to what a, an interviewer might the thought process of an interviewer might be. I just take questions on face value and answer them. Whereas when I'm doing an interview and I'm trying to, not necessarily manipulatively, just trying to coax information out and you sort of think, oh, I hope they don't see what I'm up to. I don't <laughs> think they think that I'm hunting for sensationalist stuff or, or I hope they think my motives are pure. I don't think about any of that. I just answer the damn question, mm. yeah, you yeah. know? Uh, and, 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 and it's surprisingly, given what I know about interviewing, in a surprisingly unguarded way, I'll just open my mouth and just start talking. So interviewing has taught me absolutely nothing about being interviewed. <laughs> that, that I have. There we go. I'm, Good kind of, I'm kind of encouraged by that. Yeah. That, that yeah. was an interesting question. You know, sure. I've been a music journalist for 10 years or so, and very, very occasionally uh, the show's choose been on the foot, other foot, and mm. people have asked me questions. And I've realised that I don't think I'm very good at being interviewed. I think I'm... I, I think I'm all right at doing interviews. I've made money from it, so I must be all right at it, I guess. Mm. Um, but, you know, like doing it the other way around, it's... Um, but I, I completely understand everything you're saying. I, if I'm thinking about, oh, is this going to be a difficult question to ask or something like that, I'll be thinking that in the prep for the interview rather than at the time, if that makes sense. I mean, I don't yeah. know if that's the same for you or not, but like... I've never prepped for an interview. In <laughs> right, while, okay. Interesting. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, yeah. Um, should we move on to your second choice? Yeah, sure. Well, the second choice, well, let's take it outdoors. Yes. So I think I said, didn't I, that um, that when I first came to Camden, it was the flat that was, because I used to live in a little studio flat, and so suddenly this was, you know, like living uh, on the Sandringham estate, a, a garden <laughs> in a bedroom, and it was like, well, clearly I've arrived in the world, uh, you know, for mates' rates. 
and I would um, take walks around the neighborhood uh, and piece it all together. And again, you know, we, we were talking about me identifying with London. I don't know if I already knew how it connected or not. I think perhaps I didn't. So for anyone that doesn't know, um, and I realize not everyone lives in Camden, although sometimes it seems as if they do. <laughs> I'm, I'm within walk, walking distance of, of Regent's Park, which is one of the, the, the one of the, I think, seven royal parks. In yeah. London. yeah, it's the best one. <laughs> uh, and and London Zoo is on is on Regent's Park, yeah. and and you've got the Regent's Canal, mm. which if you follow it up will take you to Lords, and it's Lovely. just it's just it's just a really lovely part of town. Um, and I suppose the 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 wow jewel in the crown. Um, is Primrose Hill. Mm. So Primrose Hill is 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 a, I guess it's a park. It's an open space, um, which viewed from the ground looks just like an ordinary hill, and not a particularly high hill either. It doesn't. Mm. It doesn't seem to scrape the air with it particularly impressively. But if you walk up it. And then look out south from from the from its summit. London just spreads out mm. before you, from sort of a Canary Wharf in the east of the city, to if you on a clear day, Battersea Power Station and in yeah. the west, and perfectly flat. Uh, 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 a vista of, of the city. I can drive myself to distraction wondering which view I like best. The view on a really sunny, crystal clear day or the view on a cloudless night. And I think probably it's the night. Mm. And when visitors come to London... I, I, I mean, if I've done this once, I've done it 20 times, I will take them up Primrose Hill. <laughs> that sounds... I shall, shall I make a joke there? No. <laughs> sounds like a limerick. I'll leave there, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and we walk up... We either walk, walk up the back route or we walk up the front route, but I, I strenuously say to them, don't turn around. And then you sort of yeah, get to the yeah, top yeah. of the hill and circle and you see it. And without fail, without fail, they all go, wow. Yeah. And you just think, and, and, and the thing I think about London for me, I mean, I can totally, I mean, a drone, I could bore an arsehole into a wooden donkey. That's how much I can bang on about London. So let me try and be specific and clear. I still look at it with an immigrant's eyes, even mm. though I consider myself a Londoner I st or a tourist's eyes. I still yeah. go, oh, my God, Big Ben. Oh, my God, St. Paul's Cathedral. Yeah. When I go running around the city, it's it's it still has that kind of magic for me, which I suppose it needs to have because it's such a damn expensive and, and, and yep. testing mm. place to yeah, live. Yeah. You know, it really asks a lot of the people who live here, um, and so to go, to 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 run up there to run, and I go I go up there a lot running. I always run run up the back route, and 
it's as if I'm seeing it for the first time. Uh, and on the uh, fateful date where I discussed with my now wife about um, about the fact that I'm never leaving Camden, at the start of our second date, I, I walked her up Primrose Hill to see the view as well. And to, it, and to see all that deal. To see it. To, well, to, I, maybe it was. This maybe, is why. Maybe it was evil genius on my, on my, I don't think it was. But, you know, the truth of it is, I, I mean, I take real pleasure in, in, in you know, my, my visitors and guests and, and dates um, going, oh, wow, at, at the site. For anyone that hasn't done it, if you come to London, if you're visiting London and visiting Camden, I, I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. And it's free. It's yeah. free yeah, yeah, to yeah. do. Yeah. I, uh, I take as much pleasure seeing it as well. I look forward to, to, to going up and seeing the view. It's just fantastic. It's just yeah. fantastic. It looks amazing. Yeah. It's like the skyline of Chicago or, mm. or, or Manhattan. It's just wow. Yeah. I do think you'd be very hard-pressed to, to artificially build a better view of the city yeah so obviously people have tried you've got um yeah the shard and all the other buildings that are going up in the city and yada 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 and i'm sure they're all lovely and impressive haven't gone up them because they're all fucking 30 40 quid a pop to do Mm. so but i don't think any of them will ever beat that that primrose it, it looks like an artist has painted it and i and i I'm, I'm i'm a sucker for what i would describe as capitalist architecture <laughs> i love things that stick phallically up in the air <laughs> with lights and i just i just love that i love that kind of skyline I'm i don't i don't well, i yeah. don't subscribe to the point of view that it ruins the skyline because without it it's just sky you know <laughs> just look up if you want sky yeah that's my sophisticated yeah. aesthetic I, I, take I, on that matter. i'm completely with you so you're, you're, you're a new york fan are you i am well? i am a new york fan but there there is there, there aren't many places in new york that you can my wife and i are, are moving to new york in january ah. for six months right for a second, I was about no, to say no. the entire premise of this podcast for six months is absolute bullshit. No. Ian. I'm never going to leave Camden. Oh, by the way, we're moving to New York for, for, six, months. for six months. Right, okay. For six months. Okay. Oh wow! Cool. Uh, for for my wife works in publishing, mm. and she's going to work at Penguin's at New York office. Wow! If anyone likes Rancid, the band Rancid. Mm. The office is on 55th and Broadway. Nice. Uh, and if anyone knows the song Olympia WA, the characters in the song, Matt and Lars, are, are standing on 52nd and Broadway. And I'm just looking forward to going and meeting them on work so I can stand on 52nd and Broadway <laughs> every day. So we're going to New York for, for six months. That's amazing. I mean, I do. I mean, I do. New York. I, I love, love New York. Yeah, yeah my, wife, my wife's really looking forward to it. I, I, I'm recognizing in, in myself a, a slice of my father, which is a, a fear of the unknown. Mm. Um, it's going to be great, obviously. It will be. It and will what be. we're going to do, we're going to Airbnb in each of the five boroughs. Nice. And then, and then pick nice. our favourite borough to, for the final month. It's going to be Brooklyn Heights. Yeah, I imagine. I'm I'm, you know what? I'm most looking forward to Staten Island. Staten Island, yeah. And I imagine that as soon as I get there, I'll think this is the worst place. <laughs> Maybe I won't. Maybe I'm being unkind to Staten Island. But Staten Island's the un- a great unknown for me. But yeah. But... So when you sort of, if you've run across the Brooklyn Bridge or walked across the Brooklyn Bridge, 
obviously the skyline of New York is incredible, but mm. there aren't that many places from which to view it. No, I mean, it's, it's it's natural viewpoints, isn't it? So London has a few that I adore. Primrose yeah. is, is a lovely one. Gre- and even though it's Greenwich in movies, Park Greenwich is Park is, mm-hmm. is another one yeah. I adore. You know, you don't have to walk too far up both of those places, really, to no. turn around and see skyline mixed with classic buildings, mixed with yeah. a vista of, of quite some distance. Mm. But I think it's those natural viewpoints that New York doesn't have. Because you, you essentially you have a very beautiful park and then you have everything else around the island and then you have views of the island when you are staying in Brooklyn or, yeah. you know, or wherever. Um, but it's those natural viewpoints, I think, that even a London, even a city or two cities, whatever London is, as big as London, it has quite a view of them and, and they really should be treasured. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I think I think legally, st- statutorily, if I said that word correctly, it, it um, works there, there are, I think there are five, I should have researched this, there are five or seven uh, views of London that re- will, on the statute books must remain uh, untarnished. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, unobstructed. Okay. And the view from Primrose Hill is one. It's of one them. of them. Of yeah, course. that's right. So they can't just stick up a giant skyscraper. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the north side of Regent's yeah. Park or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So you can't view it. Um, I realise we're being very um, metropolitan liberal elite here. Um, <laughs> Chicago is actually the best city for skyscrapers and views. Really? Yeah. Sky, Chicago, is, it, before New York, it is, as I understand it, the home of the skyscraper. Ah. And if you, for, anyone, for anyone that's visiting New York and then London and then is going to Chicago, this podcast really is for you. <laughs> if you walk on the marina on, on, on the coast of, 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 um, of Lake Michigan uh, south, it will sort of curve round and you'll look back and that's a, a wow view of, of skyscrapers. Right. If you do it in winter, you'll freeze to death. So maybe April to October, the time you visit. Hot tip. But yeah. I, um, I've never been to Chicago. I know it mainly from Christopher Nolan movies. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like that without the time travel yeah. or the... the or the television no, the, show no, the, ER. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Where it's always cold and snowy. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, I think with that, should we move on to your yeah, final yeah. pick, I yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, given that I am a music journalist and Camden is, a, I suppose, a, 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 an epicentre, if not... Can you have an epicentre or does it have to be definitive? No, you can have an epicentre. So, an epicentre. Or the epicentre. Of, yeah. of live music and music and uh, in general. Um, I thought I'd pick a, a, one of Camden's venues. Yeah, and this is interesting. I, yeah, it's interesting to me. The listeners might have switched off 25 minutes ago. <laughs> but for anyone who is still listening, this is interesting to me because as I have gotten older, if, you'd have, if we'd have done this, you know, 20 years ago, I might have picked the underworld, which is, yes. which again, for anyone that doesn't know, is a, a history. A hysterically awfully designed club. <laughs> yeah, like in, yeah. Yes. I mean, it really. I mean, it's if yeah. Again, you know, the London liberal elites that we are. I'm not going to describe it too much, but it's essentially if an idiot designed yeah. uh, a place of <laughs> to go see live music. That's essentially what the underworld is. Mm. It's still a wonderful it's, place love that I've seen yeah, yeah, some yeah. incredible shows yeah. at. Mm-hmm. But it does. It makes no where the bars are placed, where there are stairs, where there are, where there aren't stairs, where where, where columns, there are support columns, yeah. where the sound booth yeah. is, where the audience is supposed to go. Yeah. There's no logic yeah. to the Camden Underworld. Whatsoever. Yeah. No. So I'm <laughs> back in the day when I was going to see Social Distortion there and Rancid, 
I've, I would have been the underworld. You know, I've been yeah. I've been in Camden fifteen years. I've been to the underworld twice to see concerts there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and um, and then getting a bit older, I thought, oh, maybe maybe I would have gone for the electric ballroom, mm. which is another quite badly designed, literally underground. So the underworld mm. is under a pub. Yeah. Mm. It's under the 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 um, world's end. The world's end. Yeah. I don't, I pass that pub every day. I don't know why I couldn't remember its bloody name. <laughs> the World's End, which is not... It's literally under the world. It's under, under the world's, world's End, yeah. and it's not... And it's its logo is the Hades dog. Yeah. The, yeah. The, you know? Yeah. That's not a good portent, is no. it? The dog that guards hell. No. So, uh, and then I guess I would have picked the Electric Ballroom, because I've seen some great shows there. Mm. Bad Brains and the Undertones, and I'm forgetting some of them. So All Sorts of Garbage was a really good one. All sorts of, of brilliant shows. But again, quite badly designed. A yes, bit. Why yes. do you think the ballroom is badly designed? Because I quite like the ballroom. Because it's just sort of either you stand at the back or... I don't know. I always find it a little bit unwelcoming. Okay. Especially because I'm, I'm, I'm now officially a man of a certain age. Mm. The security are hands down the rudest in any venue in the city, certainly that I've been to. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not keen on. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bit arm pity, <laughs> I suppose, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like it. And I've seen some amazing shows no, yeah. there. Um, but again, London Music Industry Liberal Elite, I do like it when I get given a little extra wristband that I can go watch it on the balcony where so, no one else is so there. You don't, so you don't really notice the balcony no, you, until no, you've been, you've been yeah, on it. Yeah, it's yeah. so dark. And it's then perfect. suddenly, yeah. because it, it sort of it sort of corridors the, the contours exactly. of the room. Yeah. But yeah, it's like getting upgraded on a flight and suddenly... Really and you're is. looking down and you're like, why? What's going on? You know, because it's, it's like a rectangular box and there's a bar at the back, but then there's another bar in a separate room. But you can't see the stage from no. that room. And no. It's, but there's also a balcony with very small kind of windows and if you're stood up there you can't really see but much it's just either. a mess of a room this is yeah. such a lame conversation for anyone who's not in the Sorry. industry yes. but no 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 it's not your fault but uh, yes that balcony is but you sometimes it's open to the public up there <laughs> yes very sometimes. occasionally yeah. yeah i mean i don't i don't approve of that no. No, no, it's no, ridiculous no, absolutely no. ridiculous <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you you can get right up you 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 could essentially be above the action but also practically front row if you wanted to because of the way that the balcony extends yeah. out yeah. which is really cool it and, is. and also the first time i went we haven't even got to the venue that i'm talking no, about no, sorry. but the first time i went to the electric ballroom i went uh in may 1987 i went my i didn't live in london then i went on my own see the bad brains for uh, anyone at the time were pretty much untouchable punk yeah. band uh and um and i don't uh, I can't. I don't know. We've got a cat coming in the cat flap. She's. I think she's checking it out. She's like bad brains. What? Yeah, huge bad brains. I'm black too. Yeah. If that joke comes across as kind-hearted on the podcast, let's put it that way. If it doesn't, it'll be kind. Okay. And and I don't think it's had anything done to it in that intervening thirty-five years. I don't think it's had a lick of paint in that time. And it was scuzzy then. And it's. 
definitely scuzzy now. We're still talking about the ballroom. Uh, the ballroom, because it just, hasn't it literally just had a had a redo. It's just so hard to tell with I venues. I haven't noticed when. I, 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 and I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe even post pandemic, or maybe. I just mean, I've been, I've been post pandemic, and yeah. it hasn't. <laughs> I, w- I was there on Saturday, I'm sure they said and right. I definitely don't, didn't notice. No. Okay, my my bad. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'm wrong. So the venue that I've chosen, now that you've, I've talked at length about two that I haven't. <laughs> uh, Shall we just name all of them? Is, uh, <laughs> is the Roundhouse. Yes. Which is... The, the, the thing about Camden is that for, for, some, for, for a, a, a neighbourhood that's so closely associated with music, it actually only has one large room. The electric ballroom maybe holds eight hundred people, something like that. Yeah, maybe a thousand. I think, I think, I think it's thirteen hundred. Yeah. No way! Mm-hmm. You made that up. <laughs> you're doing that so you, the bands that you rep seem more more popular than they actually are. No, you're, oh yeah, you're, they play. They played just thirteen hundred people in London. You have Coco, which is like twelve hundred. Oh, I forgot about Coco. And then the ballroom, which no is like way 13. is the ballroom bigger than Coco. Like by a hundred. Right. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. You can't. You can't. You can't. So I've picked the the roundhouse. Um, which perhaps some of, of your listeners will recognise the name of, even if they've, they've, they've never been to it. I'm a real night owl, and I was watching... Don't ask me why. I was watching... I happened upon, while channel surfing at the weekend, at about two in the morning, I happened upon, on Talking Pictures TV, a, a documentary or information film about london okay. that was just so happened to be in camden at the time that i switched it over wow and it was an actor whose name is just just out of reach of my memory banks but if you were to say it, it'd be like yeah of course it's him a a a, a, a renowned actor do, do you want us to start guessing no no we're good <laughs> let's we're, just say mel gibson we're good no no <laughs> and he was he, he was yeah. going out and about in camden and then he was on the train tracks that lead out of Euston, standing in front of the roundhouse. And it, it, I knew this anyway, but he said, behind me is the roundhouse, which is apparently designed in part by George Stevenson, who invented the Stevenson's rocket, one of the first internal combustion uh, trains, propulsive locomotive yeah, vehicles. Yeah. And its purpose was to... It's so it's a it's a round as the name suggests a round building with a kind of conical with a conical roof, mm. and what it was built and designed for was for so for trains to go in and it had a turning circle and the trains could turn round and then go, be facing the different way when they came on the track. Yes, yes. And and during this film that I was watching, that was still what it was used for. So it must have been the late 50s or the early 60s, this this film that I was watching. And it was like, so familiar, yet so so historical. Yeah. It really it really struck me. It had I never went to the Roundhouse in even in the 90s when it had a, a before it had its re, before okay. it was refurbished. Yeah. Drastically refurbished. Oh, people yeah. people speak of it, you know. It famously, the Ramones played there mm. on um, on July on Independence Day in nineteen seventy six. In crucial moment for for for, for punk, mm. because members of the Pistols, the Clash, and the Damned saw that show. Mm. Mm. Um, 
and uh, I remember Elvis Costello actually playing there before, before it, just before it was refurbished. Apparently, it was a death trap. Yeah, I mean, I used to. So I used to work for a charity in London mm. um, before I decided to work in music, and um, so the charity was running uh, music courses or uh, allowing kids in deprived areas of London access to musical equipment or courses. Right. It was called TS2K and the roundhouse this was this was 2000 2001 2002 and the roundhouse was was underdeveloped and it was essentially a very large dark concrete building beautiful on the outside death trap in the middle right rats yeah rats yeah. kind of pits of water everywhere and and they used to do a lot of sort of charity events there or they would let kind of young bands or kids that were DJing run kind of clubs or nights there mm. or, or whatever just right. to kind of use the space uh, and then it got picked up by the music industry and quite a few kind of music videos were shot. A Welsh band that you talk about in your book yep. quite a lot shot a video there. <laughs> uh, and they started to use it for more sort of fancy things. Mm. So they, I went to uh, a film, post-film premiere, X-Men 2. Mm. Had, had they kind of were using it for fancy things. Right. And it, well, that was 2003. And I think that was around the time that it then got the makeover, which is now the wonderful music you know events oh. venue that it is um, it's a performing arts venue now, it's incredible it? yeah, yeah. It's it, incredible. i mean it is a real community hub but it, yeah. it, you know it, it's just fabulous the staff are lovely yes they're, they're, yeah. they treat you like they just treat you with courtesy yeah, yeah. which is lovely um let me describe it. It holds about just just slightly more than three thousand yeah, people. Exactly, yeah. 3, 000, but yeah. because yeah. it's round um, it, it, it's it's for the, usually over over overwhelmingly concerts are you've got a downstairs area that's standing, mm. but because it's round you can usually get a really good view if you just snake round the side a bit. Yeah. It, yeah. It's really yeah. I mean I remember seeing Elbow from downstairs at, 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 at I don't think they do these anymore but it was an iTunes concert and Paul Simon in fact as well I saw. Um, downstairs and you can and i'm not a tall man to put it mildly and i, I can always i've never had a problem seeing at the roundhouse yeah but upstairs it's sort of maybe five or six rows of seats that that wrap around that wrap the building around, apart yeah. from the stage yeah, yeah. and it's just a, fanta a fantastic space and the and the the, the conical roof it has kind of steelwork on the inside. If you look up, and it, it's like something from a Tim Burton movie. I could stare at the roof oh, of the roundhouse it's for just, hours. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's terrific. And 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 I remember when. I, so there's a, a the new edition of of the book that I've written of Bodies, which is being published next year. Um, I wrote a um a. a, a a postscript chapter for it. Hmm. Uh, I don't know why I did, but I just fancied doing it. I don't know why I did, because I didn't get paid for it, for one thing. <laughs> so I spent a month working for nothing, which tells you a lot about publishing. And, and it has it's not entirely dissimilar from music in that sense. Because you like doing something, people will, at the very least, allow you to do it for free. I think a lot of bands uh, are going to relate to that. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. good. So... Um, and I made mention of, um, I hope in a, I hope in an interesting way, certainly in a quite a brief way, about the moment when I felt or or got a hint 
that I might be onto something with the themes of the book because when because it was it's a lockdown book for the mm. you know for the most part certainly so much of it was written during full proper nothing doing lockdown um and when we started to open up sort of kind of we you know we're doing this at the start of november so maybe 13 months ago when things yeah. 14 months ago and we all started hesitantly going out to concerts and we all we were all asking each other what we'd been up to and i write about this and i would and i used to say you know I, I don't know if I thought to ask anyone else what they'd been up to because I was thinking about punk rock and, and my book. <laughs> but people would ask me uh, and and I would say, oh, I've I've been writing a book, actually. I've been writing a book. And and in, of course, people would ask, they would ask, oh, you know, what's it about? What's it about? Yeah. And I would say, and I'd say, it's about how the music industry makes people ill and, and how it drives them mad, which is a very, very shorthand explanation of what the book's That's about. That's the elevator pitch, I uh, think. And, yeah. and, and to a man and a woman, they would go, yeah. And they, these were people that worked in the industry, press, PRs, managers, people in bands. And without fail, they would go, yeah, all right, yeah. No one, no one said, well, what do you mean? How does it do that? They just said, and when I was writing that, an exchange with you, Matt, that we had in the uh, on the sort of uh, walkway, mm -hmm. uh, upper walkway of the of the roundhouse, I bumped into you, and you asked me that question, and specifically, I can remember you going, "Yeah, yeah, right." And as if, as if this is the most obvious thing in the world. Yeah. And it's strange because it's sorry, Ramsey. Oh, I was just, I was literally just about to say I couldn't believe it hadn't already been written. Well, this is, yeah, it's like well, I suppose, it's like a riff. You think this must be someone else must have done this before. Yeah. Me. yeah. Um, and um, and it's strange. There's and there's probably more to say about it actually because God knows if you dig, there are creeps and weirdos and, and enablers and abusers and con people, con men usually, uh, and, 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 and structural inequity in, in the music industry. But on a day-to-day -day level, I think we're a nice bunch of people, mm. you know? Um, yeah, uh, 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 we can be. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm not sure I've got to the bottom of why such a, such a fun collective it's proven so dangerous but anyway that that's a slightly different issue but yeah so you specifically matter in my mind when i was writing that chapter about opening up and being at the roundhouse we were watching uh frank it was a frank turner concert. you were in a bloody good mood as well ian to be fair that's not like me when why was why was i uh i think your missus was gone to go get a drink and you were waiting and i think you were very apologetic that you missed the band that i was working but, i didn't realize did, i didn't realize which, i did it really didn't fair. matter it really didn't matter but uh i think you were just yeah i think i remember going to the i mean i think you went you you went to the clapham frank turner sit down show did you you know oh, it was a stand-up show but yeah yeah the stand-up one so 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 i remember going like this conversation is of those first few shows whenever i saw anyone that i knew or liked it was it was joy mm. yeah. at being at a show 
and having a conversation. And obviously the first questions are, what have you been up to? And it's like, mm, not fucking much. Right. But then it's always nice when you say that to someone and someone's like, oh, you know, I've written an album or I've been writing a book. Like, it's like, oh, thank God. It's someone who hasn't just, just been sitting around waiting to go out. It's been, it was such a kind of breath of fresh air. And one of the things that, 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 that came as a big surprise to me was just how important those ch- brief chance encounters with people at concerts like we had someone that i'm very fond of but don't see very often and don't interact with all that much but they're just there and i would say i would say we were friends uh and i would say that with with dozens of people just because we don't happen to spend a lot of time together it, you know, it's it's kind of like I suppose Battersea Power Station. I don't see that very often, but it's there if I want. Mm. If it's there, yeah. And you know, I'll go. I'll go out to a concert, like for example, in in next weekend. I'll I'll take my wife to see Biffy, mm. Biffy and Architects, and it'd be like, oh, I hope so and so is there. So and so might be there, and. He'll talk for five minutes, and it, it's. I was very surprised how nourishing I found that. How no, I didn't realize. Here's what I mean to say: I didn't realize how nourishing those encounters were until they were gone completely. Yeah. It wasn't just the absence of live music, which obviously was a, a hell of a thing. Yeah. But it was also sort of this. I guess we you'd call it the scene, yeah. you know, and the com- or yeah. the, com- the community. Yeah. I just, you know, I didn't see. Uh, it, these names won't mean anything to, to to people listening. I wouldn't see James Sherry mm. uh, or Phoebe from Warner's or mm. you know the, any of these people. You'd go, oh hi, and you're genuinely pleased to see them. Yeah. And interestingly, the your, the relationship that you're talking about there is practically the relationship that almost almost all of our relationships in this music industry that's what it is it's seeing someone at a show and being able to catch up with them for five minutes you can't catch up for longer than that because then the band are playing you can't catch up more than that but i mean i've only just realized it with you articulating it yeah really how much i missed it but yeah but it's real and substantial sorry i know but you're absolutely right i completely uh it does it does bring home how important those those what could just be a minor interaction out you know you could just view it as a minor interaction that's very very important i mean the lovely thing at the roundhouse when we saw each other was uh, i've known you for a long time mm. and you know i consider you a friend yeah. and you know we've done trips and we've done interviews and we've had, had arguments and we've done all sorts of stuff together over the years and yeah. what is lovely is all of those small interactions like i remember i remember seeing you when my wife katie that you have worked with as well mm. Uh, was heavily pregnant with our first child and we went to enter Shikari at the Ali Pali and you were there with with Paul Brannigan. Yeah. And we had to leave because the vibrations were causing right, Katie to... Right, right. And, and we saw you and uh, we <laughs> hadn't seen you for a while and you hugged us and it was just... We were just talked about it the whole way back leaving um, Ali Pali, how nice it was to see you and, you know, little snapshots. Uh, I mean, I've seen you at the Camden Barfly, which is now called something else that I can't remember Camden the name Assembly. of. Camden Assembly Rooms or whatever. Yeah. You know, I remember uh, there was a Kerrang! Yumi at Six show there and me and you were definitely the two shortest people in the room. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so talking about that. But yeah, it's the industry has sharks, as you talk about in your book. But, you know, there is a, a there are a lot of good people yeah. trying to exist within it. And they don't sort of swim among us. They no. might They might 
feed from us, but they above, don't, they from don't, above. They don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I say, I say in my book that the people who make the life and death decisions in in music, you know, whether a band is able to continue, you know, as continue recording music, say for for, for EMI or for Warner yeah. Brothers, those people are in the numbers game. You know, I've never met those people, and I don't imagine the people in the bands themselves have ever met those people. Mm. Yeah, we, we, it, 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 we, you know, we don't sign bands, we don't drop, but we don't have that kind of power. We're just sort of, we're just sort of dodging. No, we're not dodging real life because we work and we work hard, mm. and it, it, it doesn't pay. Increasingly, doesn't pay very well. So we, we, we do face the responsibilities of real real life, but we're also sort of getting away with something a little bit as well, you know, yes. in going to concerts for free. This it, mm. it, it certainly and complaining about and it. complaining and about it, it. Yeah. And, and, and and sort of being. I've still struggled to 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 define this very well. Not necessarily being on the inside track, but I, I guess here's what I mean. I don't know if I if I didn't do this for a living, and I don't know about you, you fellas. I don't know if my relationship with mu my relationship with music hasn't followed the trajectory that it would normally. I imagine for for, for many people of my age, because I have cleaved to music and the music through through writing about mm -hmm. it, mm. Uh, and I have sort of I am required to to to, to to remain in love with music when it would perhaps be easier to, you know, just listen to the Beatles and listen to the stuff that you used to listen to with when your parents you were, car and, uh, away, yeah. and, you know, until you at the point that so many people decouple from it when they're maybe 22 or 23. Yeah. And, and I guess we all sort of, uh, that's, these are my, these are my imaginings anyway. That we all sort of have that. We're, we're sort of in that sense, in that sense, and if no other, there is a kind of Peter Pan, Tinkerbell quality to it for the boys and girls and and uh, in the scene. We are all in that sense adolescents, and I I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. And that's the reason I can't drive a car. <laughs> <laughs> and neither can I. It's as simple. It's as simple as that. There, there is the thing as well. I mean, I, I speak from a, a very privileged position because I, I entered the game when there was money in it. Well, <laughs> there was certainly there was certainly a living in it. Yeah, sure, sure, uh, sure. And I entered the game. I consider my career properly to have started in two thousand. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it was honestly Judith Chalmers didn't travel as much as i did so the, yeah. the, the gig was just so much fun and so i went from working in a bookshop to just exp not because i never took it for granted i never took it for granted um and i always found it exciting but honestly and it's kind of it's easier to write about than it is to talk about because i mm. don't want to sound like i'm i'm showing off about it but it was just people would fly you all over the world to japan and california and south africa I, you know i mean dozens of times a year mm. to you know two or three trips a month 
you know, the two out, two out of three trips being, you know, in onto a different continent. Yeah. And what you were expected to do was to write 1,200 words about this band. Mm. And now, for me, the writing was always the most interesting and important part. Which made the other stuff even sweeter, mm. you know? Mm. The idea that I sort of had this kind of... Me and, me and a, a photographer friend of mine, Paul, Paul Harris... I have a couple of Paul's pictures up on the wall here of of of, of us doing Green Day in Chicago and in and in in Germany in Mannheim in Germany. We we both had to we both sort of existed in this in this state of semi permanent jet lag, honestly. And it, you look back and and think, um, well, that was amazing, you mm. know. And that sort of lasted for about a decade. You think, well, that was. Incredible wow what was that about that was great and i don't mean to decry music journalism now there's some fantastic young young music journalists increasingly everyone's a, a young music journalist <laughs> compared to me but if they were to write a book like bodies in 20 years time i don't know what their experiences might be mm, because they don't it's not what I learnt from interviewing bands, it's what I learnt from being around bands. Yeah. yeah. Being and seeing things and piecing it together. The overwhelming number of I did an interview last week that was face to face and that was so unusual. It was so unusual. I don't know if I could have written my book if I'd only if I'd spent twenty years speaking to people on Zoom. Yeah. Mm. You know, I could still have written and I hope that I could have written well. And 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 Godspeed to all of the young writers that also want to write well and do so. But the sort of, you know, the fields in which we work, you know, seeing things on a tour bus, seeing things in a dressing room, just noticing things and committing them to memory, even if they don't necessarily make the piece, the, the things that go and said, the cracks in things that mm. I've, I've seen, the, the, the similarities between groups, the disputes, all the, those tiny, tiny little glances that I've seen, that, that all came from that, from yeah. the proximity to it and being, you know, in Hollywood. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very different job, isn't it? I think it's a different industry yeah. in terms of the mechanics of it. You know, I'm music pr i think we only did one outside of the uk trip together to amsterdam we went to amsterdam and did bullet, bullet didn't we bullet at, the, at the, at the uh, Melkweg. Melkweg. yeah um but yeah i mean yeah it's a, it's you know the budgets are smaller or placed on to other areas of the industry so this side of things is very different and mm. i don't think i don't think it's just journalists that don't get to know the artists i think PRs. I don't think there's large right. members of the team that have that sort of access mm. anymore. I just think it's a kind of a different playing field. And obviously, the last few years with the no traveling or a lack, a smaller amount of traveling, has definitely impacted. Maybe it will change in the next two or three years when things do open up yeah. even more. But yeah, I don't know. Funnily enough, what we're talking about here, this is. I mean, I don't want to make it about me, but just for for Go thirty, on. For 30 I've, I've made it about, for 30, me, for 30 about me for about an hour and a quarter. <laughs> for thirty seconds. Uh, Matt knows that I quite often will actually go out on tour with bands and that will just be as a we if we've become friendly and it just so happens that there's a space in the van I will go with them 
to do exactly what you're talking about to do all that experiencing the tour stuff to experience the um you know there's nothing quite like being on tour with a band who are at each other's throats and uh, mm. knowing what that is like it is interesting like i don't know how many younger music journalists get to do that now and i only do it because i'm cocky and i go hey if there's a space can i come with you and okay it's allowed me to be able to do that but you know, I mean, I went out with Black Peaks, who only was in like you know um, uh, Frontier, a bunch of bands. But there's such a massive difference. I feel like if you can be a fly on the wall in those scenarios, it really does give you an understanding which is just intrinsically different. And I don't want to sound like I'm being, uh, you know, I'm saying, oh, it means uh, that I'm better than the people who don't do it or anything like that. But it there is something that you mm. cannot pick up from writing about it in your bedroom at home We're, weirdly sure. I, w- I went to see um bon Eva last week i was inv- <sighs> i was inv- i was invited uh-huh. not was the it? night that taylor oh, right. taylor swift oh, showed up okay uh, a, a new friend of mine from the times ed if he's listening to this invited me on, on a mandate to see uh to see bon Eva. i'd met him at the moment I mean, that really is a mandate and i'd met him at the god this is me as a person of influence in my middle years. Uh-huh. I, I'd met him at the Mercury Music Prize the week previously. He said, uh-huh. hey, you want to go and see Bon Eva? And we were just having a chat before the gig, and he said, um, he said, oh, I'm interviewing Bjork tomorrow. Uh, and I said, um, I said, oh, cool, how, how are you doing it? And he went oh, over the phone. And I said, oh, not, not Zoom. And he said, actually, I prefer phone interviews if i can't do it in person i prefer phone interviews to zoom there's something more personal about a, a phone and it sort of made me rethink because i've always just assumed gosh this has got quite niche fellas i'd no, always assume that, that that zoom was like real life just in two dimensions yeah sure yeah and that's made me think and, and that the phoner was just the worst possible thing for an interview and he's just completely upended my mental ap- apple cart about that about whether phoners are actually better than zoom but you're you're right i remember my second job for kerrang um i uh, the, my first job i went to los angeles to los angeles for my first ever piece wow, yeah uh, I, I went to la and my second job i went to um uh oh god where, where was it colchester <laughs> went to colchester bright lights went to colchester uh with rachel stamp oh, the band rachel, rachel stamp, stamp. Yeah. and i rode out in their van picked him i met them in king's cross and we rode out to colchester and then they gave me a lift back and i lived in islington at the time and they gave me a lift back and i remember watch it they watched but this is before peter k was was particularly well known they watched a peter k dvd from the video in the van Mm. from the comedy store uh and um i I was around them and i i I recognized possibly for the first time that just the hand-to-mouth operation that they had going on to make this their full-time job you know two guitars each and that trip sticks in my mind much more than the one to Los Angeles. Being in Los Angeles yeah. sticks in my mind, but in terms of learning something about a band, yeah, uh, and you know what what it took to put on a show 
in front of maybe three or four hundred people at the Colchester Arts Centre mm. and to still love it and to make it work in your little splitter van, you know, and to make it pay. In, invaluable lesson. Yeah, yeah. invaluable absolutely. lesson. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, I understand. And that. more power to their elbow. And I believe they're still going. So more power to their elbow, and 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 to the elbow of every band, mm. you know, that, that that is making it work, and every journalist also for that matter, <laughs> yeah. and PR, and anyone. Thank you. Anyone, yeah. anyone, <laughs> anyone in the industry. Yeah. Fucking PR. Waiting yeah. for you to get ticked yeah. off. There, amazing. <laughs> I'm going to go over to you, Matt, for your recommendation first. Uh, sure. Tell me what you're recommending to us this week. So uh, I'm going to recommend some music. I'm going to recommend an EP by um, a young uh, British band called Harriet um, oh. and their profound mortality. Uh, mortality? Yeah, their EP. Um, they're just a really special band. I weirdly similar to the conversation we just had about being a certain age, but still being invested in music and listening to new music, you know, I still listen to, as you both do, mm. heavy metal, the music that I fell in love with when I was 12 years old. Mm. Um, and Harriet are just an incredible heavy band. I was told about them by a friend of mine called James Spence, who was in the band Rello Tomasi, um, and he couldn't stop talking about this band and how incredible they were. And, um, and I just, I, I bought the EP, I fell in love with them, I saw them a couple of times, and I just think they're they're amazing. Deb, the guitarist, is is otherworldly. She's um, incredible. And yeah, and I just, I adore this EP. I can't wait to see them live again. I mean, it's kind of early Metallica with Rammstein, Chelsea Wolfe kind of vocals. It's big and noisy and horrible, but also really beautiful and moving and and they're i don't know how old they are but i mean i'm they're 46 so they must be at least half my age young. they're annoyingly young yeah. um and yeah i think anyone that has any passing interest in in horrible music <laughs> that's also incredible <laughs> should give them a listen fantastic do you yeah. know harriet no Ian. yeah i, I know really i know band. i know by name yeah really yeah. really really Very good band. um i was going to i was actually going to recommend your book but um instead we, we've talked about your book a lot so i'm going to recommend another book instead which is the oh, new... I, I, there, there are other <laughs> books <laughs> You're like, wait a minute you don't have to not who are these other books of which i mean i i'd like to say i i'm gonna i'm gonna recommend ian's book on another recommendations corner sure because it's gonna okay. be too much winwood isn't it otherwise but i mean i doubt that <laughs> but... what's the gauge of that what's the winwood gauge when do we get too much winwood but i have i'm only halfway through it but the new nick cave it's not really nick cave's book but it's a conversation with between nick cave and the journalist sean o'hagan um, but it's specifically talking about, um, you know, since uh, Nick Cave's son, Arthur, died oh, seven Lord, years yes. ago, it is really deep. But I mean, I think anyone talking about a subject like that, your son passing away, it's not just about that, but, you know, the, it goes into that a lot. I think anyone talking about that we, we, would, it, it would, just be, it would just be a fascinating thing to, to hear them speak and hear what those um what that experience was like but then when you when it comes from nick cave who's one of the most amazing orators of our uh, 
lifetime i i feel i think he's just an incredible the way that he puts things into words is absolutely magnificent and this book is just the most amazing uh sort of meditation on mortality faith uh, it's called Faith, Hope and Carnage, I should say. May I interject? Yes, of course you can. That's the longest I've ever been quiet in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> I could just see the sides of well, the chair. As, as, slightly... as circumstances would have it, <laughs> yeah. last week, our friend Paul Brannigan um, invited uh, me along to see Nick Cave and, and Sean O'Hagan uh, oh. do a live event at the Royal Festival Hall. <gasps> Wow. And we were way up in the balcony. Right, okay. And um, I'd never been that, that high at the Royal Festival Hall before. And um, You mean literally? And he, literally <laughs> that high. And even, I mean, they had a screen, but even from the, up there, his charisma was quite, oh, o- quite overpowering. Funnily enough, this isn't my recommendation, but I also saw a, a, a maybe six years ago or so Elvis Costello did, did do a talk about his book which I'm actually it's, it's, I mentioned it because it's right in my line of sight oh, yeah. uh, Unfaithful Music and Disappearing Ink um, which considering Elvis Costello isn't a prose writer by trade I do not know how he wrote that book because it is not written in a linear timeline one moment it's in 1979 the next it's in 1997 and then it goes back and it goes forward and i do not know structurally how he put it together yeah and i spend a significant chunk of my time thinking about how writing is 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 pieced together and i cannot figure have it you out. have you so interviewed him have you ever spoken to no us? i don't think i want to yeah. to be honest i'd like us to become besties obviously <laughs> sure for sure this, this isn't this isn't original material but i elvis costello is my desert island artist there's yeah. no doubt about that but if i were to interview him over zoom or or even you know in a record company boardroom for an hour and I messed it up because I was trying to impress upon him the depth of my love and knowledge. <laughs> I'm not sure I could I could pick myself up from the canvas if it, if it went badly or even if it didn't go well. To be honest, you know, yeah. Because how on earth could he be as impressed with me as I am with him, really? Yeah. So I'm happy with that distance, okay. that professional distance. <laughs> it is difficult when you meet people in the music industry, as you often do, not often, when you sometimes do mm. that are. I mean, I'm using the word heroes lightly, but just people that you'd utterly admire yeah. because of the work and maybe also the, because of their people. And it happens sometimes, even to us PRs. Uh, I mean, I remember, I mean, you interviewed him as well quite recently after I started working with him. I worked with Mike Patton, uh, Faith No More, uh, mm. lead vocalist. And I met him and I tried to keep my cool incredibly badly right. because I very much like him and his music. And I failed miserably. I was really he, did. Yeah. The it, thing there is was how, in a hotel. The like, thing there is how gentle was he about that? He was, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm being, I, I know this I'm being, whole story. I'm, I'm being quite serious. If he's gentle, then good. But if he's not, that's <laughs> he was. He was okay because he obviously has the power there. He, yes, you know. Yes, no. He, yeah. he he was okay. I'm not going to tell the story on this podcast. But right. I'll tell you another time. Tell but another he, he was okay. All right, he was okay. <laughs> So yeah. my 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 choice is just this has just popped into my head. We've talked about independent music, and you've talked about a book. So I'm going to talk about an independent bookshop, 
that's in Camden. It's in Primrose Hill. Oh, Hill, and it's called the Primrose Hill Bookshop. Okay. And um, they were kind enough to put bodies uh, un- unbidden. They put bodies in the in the window, which which was really lovely of them. I feel guilty because I had a launch event. And they were supposed to sell the books at the launch event, and I and I assumed that they were, but it, it, it decisions above my pay grade. It was decided that they weren't going to sell the books. Okay. So when I went in to say hello, and they said, "Oh no, we're not doing it," and I felt really, really bad about it. It had nothing to do with me, but anyway, it's a really lovely little bookshop i say little it's like a tardis it looks small from the outside but you go in and it's so fabulously well stocked it's fully independent it's on the regent's park road which is otherwise known as or or, or effectively the 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 primrose hill high street Mm. and they support local authors and um it's run by a husband and a wife and 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 an employee friend uh, and it's the sort of, I guess, the sort of mom and pop, I don't mean to sound patronising here, it's the sort of mom and pop store that that even cooler bookshops like Foils and, and Rough Trade East sell books. They, you know, they're great places to buy books, mm-hmm. but they're, you know, they're, they're higher up the, the, the corporate tr- chain. Mm. They, you know, these guys are, 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 are just exist on their own. And, um, and... I, I'd I'd be very. I'm not suggesting they are going to go out of business. They they, they might do. You know, certainly if you're going to sell books anywhere, Primrose Hill is the kind of place you yeah. know that 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 a, in which a bookshop would thrive. But you know, it's not a good time necessarily for independent businesses. So I'd like to. And obviously, you can buy books f- from giant bookshops or you know giant online retailers. Mm. But if you're able to, to, to buy a book from, from a, a local bookshop, even if it takes them a couple of days to get it in for you, it takes a couple of days to get it from Amazon as well. Mm. Try to do so. I try to do so. You know, I, I try to. You know, there's a punk, a punk rock record shop in Camden, all ages. These places that give... A That's con- a great record uh, shop. Yeah, and right? these, these places that, that, that give... Uh, and there'll be you know in cities all over in towns and cities all over the country these little establishments that give spice and flavor to a neighborhood so a a high street isn't just the stuff that you get everywhere else yeah exactly you know and and so for that reason the the primrose hill bookshop is my my recommendation that's a fantastic recommendation ian thank you so much for your time it's no i'm sorry if i've don't i've do you know what i forgot i to be perfectly truthful with you, there are entire moments in there that I forgot we were recording, even though I'm <laughs> leaning awkwardly into a into a podcast microphone. Well, that's exactly what it should be. I, um, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. If anyone made it to the end, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. It's, Your I'm, prize will be redeemable. I'm absolutely positive we've already talked up bodies loads in the intro, but but even just in case we haven't, it really is absolutely, uh, it's a fantastic book. It bless was, bless you. It's one of my favourite books I've ever read. When, about the when, music will, when will this go out? <laughs> January, February. Oh, okay, right. It won't be available for two pounds on Kindle then anymore. <laughs> right. no. No, so okay, buy, right. buy it for the full price. Buy it for the full Cheap price. Bastards. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Snapchat. 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 I don't know what that means. 
I don't know. I don't know. What I don't that know. That was doing the timeout hand symbol and saying Snapchat. It's oh, not even a thing. I see. Well, you 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 catch uh, Matthew in the middle of a very senior a breakdown. moment. <laughs> An old man breakdown. <laughs> Uh, there we have it. That's our chat on uh, with Mr. Ian Winwood on his top three favourite places in Camden. How was that for you, Matt? It was a delight. It was uh, no, genuinely, it was. It was. Um, it was a real honour. Not honour. God, <laughs> it was not an honour. It was. Um, it, it was, was a real pleasure. Yeah, I meant to it was say, great. To it was really, really, really. And good. Uh, I think. Look, I think the topic he chose was great. Um, I think he could probably have done a top fifty favourite places in Camden, and I think yes. that really comes through in the chat. Yes. Um, and it's weird because because I really don't like Camden. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so it was nice to hear someone talk so eloquently and filled with love about it. Yeah. Some fantastic off mic, off record chat about Green Day as well, which we cannot talk about in that chat. But oh, it's all going in the book. Absolute nuggets. <laughs> no, uh, it's not. Don't worry, it's not going in the book. Anyway, thank you. No, for there that. is no book. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you want to go over to our lovely socials and um, tell me what our listeners have been talking about? Yeah, so the first uh, Tuesday top three um, of the season. Uh, so yeah, every Tuesday on our socials, uh, at three magic number pod, um, I'll post a, a top three question for you guys to send over and answer. And every week we will read them out at the end of the podcast. And this... Very well explained, because I could not be bothered to do that. <laughs> thanks. I feel like I lost my way halfway through. <laughs> no, I think you did that very well. Because um, I, yes. Uh, so this particular tuesday um sometimes they happen on a thursday because i forget <laughs> but sometimes this, matt forgets <laughs> but this this particular t- this particular one is top three favorite tv theme tunes oh nice the a yeah. team sorry straight in there yeah i think this came off the back of finishing watching and finishing white lotus and that has a really oh i've not seen that yet. brilliant uh, uh theme music that cool. kind of is virally sort of crossed over into um, dance culture. I've seen a bunch oh. of people post that they've been playing the White Lotus theme music in like clubs and stuff. It's, it's very funny. Cool. Uh, so Hidden Mothers, uh, those mothers, they're still hidden. <laughs> Please someone find those mothers. Um, they've gone with... Uh, <laughs> Brilliant black metal band from, um, oh crap, I want to say Sheffield. Great band. And they're yeah. playing uh, Arctangent this, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. this summer too. Uh, so they've gone Red Dwarf. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Peacemaker. Uh, and Pokemon, mm-hmm. Pokemon, or Fine. Pokemon, Pokemon. Uh, there might be some B. more Pokemon content later in the season. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, Tom B has gone Bluey, which is it, it absolutely to my heart. Bluey. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful. It's the greatest kids' cartoon ever made, and ah. it's uh, it's Australian. It's about an Australian family of uh, blue healers, dogs, and um, yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, the Simpsons and American Dad. Kept uh-huh. it animated. I like mm-hmm. it. Yep. Yep. Uh, good friend of mine, John Devaney, uh, has gone Quantum Leap, of course. Mm, Throwback to season one there. He's also, he's also added. Yeah, very, also good, very good. Hello, John. Love you. Uh, Danger Mouse, which is a great. Yes. And Grandstand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that... Uh, um, no, hold on. Am I getting that right? I, Am I getting I confused? No, no, I think so. I always I just go I'm instantly confused. to match of the day, but okay, yeah, Grandson. Uh, Kez Cunliffe has gone Firefly, mm. X-Men, the animated series, and the original yes. Power Rangers. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> the my, first two I like. Uh, good friend Ollie 
Connors has gone Grandstand as well. The Sopranos mm. and Twin Peaks. Oh, the Sopranos. Yes, He's yes, cheekily yes. added a fourth oh. underneath and gone Regina Spector's Orange is the New Black theme. I'm sorry, is also that brill. is not on brand. Mm, Get sorry. out. Out, Regina. <laughs> uh, absolute legend slash giant idiot Adam Vallely has gone <laughs> Friends, Bodger and Badger and Round the Twist. Um, I mean, Bodger and Badger, I'm totally behind, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bodger and Badger. Bodger and then he's gone on to say that he thinks oh, that the uh, Enter Shikari's clap was inspired by the Friends theme. God, that's loud. Yes, Sorry. indeed. Sorry, <laughs> that was quite loud. <laughs> Uh, Neville Williams, uh, hello Neville, uh, has gone Buck Rogers, which, oh my, yeah, yes, Ooh. absolutely, Quantum Leap, and Ski Sunday. <laughs> yeah, magic. Um, Sai, Sai, uh, just Sai, <laughs> has gone Sons of Anarchy, What We Do in the Shadows, and mm. The Simpsons, because mm-hmm. it is a fantastic theme tune yep. uh, by Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Jack has gone... It's always sunny in Philadelphia, which is the greatest television show of all time. And we then have a whole exchange for probably the last an entire day, going back and forth <laughs> of memes of sunny in Philadelphia. Um, Adventure time in the Adams family. Just sorry, I'm still flicking through all of the memes that we, that we did. Um, Stefan Benham. That can't be how you say it. I'm sorry, Stefan. Uh, has gone X-Men animated series, Murder Most Horrid and Arthur. I I don't know, Arthur. But... I'm really appreciating the love for the X-Men animated series. Me too. Um, right, I'm just going to do a few more. Uh, Ryan. Ostrich? <laughs> Ryan, you're a, f- you're a fan of the pod and I'm so sorry. Oost- uh, Oost- Ryan has gone mash The Office US and That 70s Great Show. Mix. Great uh, Graham Ray, another shout for Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. Black Sails, which I don't know. And hmm. Thundercats, which is a magic. Oh. Um, oh. Sean Hubbard's gone Peep Show Season 2 onwards. Um, Simpsons Game of Thrones. I'm surprised Game of Thrones hadn't come up already. That's the first one. Oh. <laughs> That's the first one. And Make then attention. I'm just going to go flick to the end. And Jukebox Monkey has gone Around the World with Willy Fogg, Around the World with Willy Fogg, and Around the World with Willy Fogg. Fair play. So there you go. Thanks, okay. everyone, for being uh, such good sports and picking some fantastic themes. <laughs> um, I'm going to do a bonus one. Right. Um, do you remember the BBC series? It was on about 10 years ago. It was absolutely amazing. Literally one of the best things the BBC have ever done called The Shadow Line. No. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Sorry. It was phenomenal. It starred... Chuitl Iljafor, or I definitely mispronounced that, but you know Chuitl. Yeah, yeah. Chuitl. yeah. Um, um, oh. People, it starred some people. It starred some brilliant people. <clears throat> oh, Christopher Eccleston's in it. Oh, um, magic. Um, oh, Christ. It's a brilliant cast. It was amazing. The theme for it was a song called Pause by Emily Barker and the Red Clay Halo, and that is a song which I cannot listen to without big snotty tears. Oh, oh my face! But it is so good. It's on her album Almanac, and honestly, if you have four minutes where you just want to have a... Um, I was going to say cry wank. That's the wrong thing to say. Goodness you- <laughs> me! <laughs> what? Oh, Lord. If you just want to have a snotty cry. There we go. Just a snotty cry. There we go. Not the other thing. Good Lord. That would be a very good piece of music to do it too. Right. 
We're done. Just allows me to say thank you very much for uh, listening all the way to the end here. Um, you probably regretted it after my cry wank reference. And uh, yes, anything else to say, Matt? Goodbye and see you next week. Uh, oh. Where oh. Whoa. <laughs> uh, so, we, we can reveal who's coming on next week? Yeah, I think we should, shouldn't we? Yeah. So, a week today, Monday the 27th. That's probably right. Yep, no, no, it is. Monday the 27th. Uh, We will be having a wonderful chat with the incredible Jamila from the band Ithaca. Mm -hmm. And her picks are amazing and her topic is awesome. And she joined us uh, live from her home in Germany. And it's awesome. So please set reminders. She schooled us. Oh, no, she schooled us. We were were like like very small baby children with Mm. our brains and our voices and our mouths and our language we had no idea really what to say so this was it's basically jamila has kind of run that podcast basically more or less we uh it's basically the jamila hour next yeah. week um yeah. we yeah. Uh, didn't know an awful lot about our subject which we won't reveal until next week but um it was excellent actually it was really, really good fun. i think we're both going to become fans of what she was talking about yeah totally so yes a bit of a tease that's enough of a tease i reckon okay thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week bye bye bye, bye. <laughs>